0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DRAFTKINGSBBN Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DraftKingsBBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Everyone And welcome to our continued edition of the playoff preview on dishes and dimes brought to you by basketball news. I've got Molly here. You guys, everybody knows her, the queen of Memphis Grizzlies, Twitter and everything. Um, honestly, I was, I was just saying this to Molly. We need to have her on in the off season just to break down her entire Twitter story and the journey to her reveal as herself. Cause I think it's one of the best ones. Um, I think it's such a great story. Uh, and as women who podcast and who have people constantly question us, the idea that you came up in the way that you did is brilliant. I'm hinting at it. We're plugging it in because, um, we'll talk about it in yeah, the cause... off season, but can I get you to plug your stuff and let everybody know where they can find you?
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, on Twitter, Molly Hannah M Instagram, Molly underscore Morrison, TikTok, I guess even though <laughs> like, we'll just okay. go ahead and play it. Molly yeah. Hannah M. Now, I don't have anything like shows right now, you know, I'm, I am graduate college in a month, so hopefully soon you will be seeing me in other places, but right now, that's it, that's all I got.
0: That, that's plenty, that's a lot, and we're going to start talking about this Memphis Grizzlies team. Memphis Grizzlies, Minnesota Timberwolves, it's the 2-7. I just spoke to Dave uh, Naylor, who who's a big fan of the of the Timberwolves and he did say that this is the matchup that he was looking forward to this is the Mm -hmm. matchup that he wanted he wanted it to be the Grizzlies I'm excited for this I think that the Grizzlies Timberwolves is probably my most like the the matchup I'm anticipating most maybe outside of Celtics Nets which will be a lot of fun because these are two really fun teams I like to get out there and run and probably have the best vibes but I have to give the edge to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the best, vibiest team um, of the longest time. Like, we were looking at stats here, and I'm like, the number one stat that we care about with the Memphis Grizzlies is their vibes, because they're really, really high. But um, before we even get into that, can we talk about the MIP race? Because there are a couple of MIP candidates on the Grizzlies team. And I don't know if you remember this, but the Atlanta Hawks at one point
1: had a player of the week be their entire starting lineup. (laughs) Should we just do that? Should we just do that for the Grizzlies? Yeah. You know what? Let's go ahead and do it. Just go through one by one why why they all deserve every award. (laughs) (laughs) We're not stopping at MIP. We're just giving it to everybody. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that the Grizzlies actually, you talk about their starting lineup. This series is going to be the first time in a while that we consistently are going to have all five of them healthy, Um, which, you know, you could look at as a con, but in my eyes, that's a pro. So, yeah, I mean, MIP obviously the number one person who is most likely on that roster to win it is John Morant himself, which is funny because he's like the person who wants the award the least. Um, He's literally on Twitter. Please don't give it to me. Give it to Desmond Bain. So I'm going to sit here and say Desmond Bain deserves to be MIP. Um, There we go. You know, know, jaw is jaw and like you see what he's done this season when he's healthy. But I think that he's almost like too good to get that award. I don't know. It feels sort of like an insult. And I think that's how he sees it. MIP is usually not someone who could already be regarded as a superstar. I mean, you saw Julius Randle, guys like that. But Ja has taken this third year leap that is remarkable. But I feel like it's also, not to discredit his, but I feel like you see that, you have seen that with a lot of point guards, um, star point guards in the league. I mean, I believe... You know, Russell Westbrook, Derek Rose, guys like that. I feel like all did have those leaps. Jaws could potentially be better than what we've seen. But yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see him continue to rise the ladder. And yeah, I mean, he was rookie of the year two years ago. He's like, all right, just give me that MVP when when I'm ready for it. But Bain, to me is just really, really impressive. Um, And, like, you could pull up specific stats, but I know his three-point percentage has to be... I'm going to go with... I think it would probably be second in the league. Um, Here, let me me pull that up for you. I looked at that recently, and I think first is, like, someone weird, like Luke Kennard... It, it probably
0: and let me see on how many attempts a game let's see what he has
1: so yeah his volume one, i think is like what's also really impressive there
0: right exactly and that's that's like forty three point six percent that is insane on yeah. um,
1: seven attempts per game that is just yeah. wild that is wild yeah. and and on top of that his he averages i think 18 points a game now and he averaged single digits last season he's like doubled. His average. And that's shooting the volume he does, percent he does. I mean, he's amazing. He's a huge reason why the Grizzlies are able to win these games without Morant, you know. So I think Memphis is really gonna be campaigning for him. And I love that. And I, I, I think it
0: should be him too. I think, you know, the 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 thinking to me of like making it jaw is that it's harder to take a leap from a star to a superstar. Yeah. But I'm with you. We bear, we hear that as a narrative throughout the season, but we rarely ever award that guy. You never award the guy that took the leap from a star to a superstar. You award it to someone like Desmond Bain, uh, who's just having a fantastic season and is becoming a star. You award it to the guy exactly. who was exactly. a person who became a star um, as opposed to, to the second one. Now, I have to ask, because we've been talking about the play-in, we talked about it before we got in here, um, a little bit about the play-in. I've been a really big fan of the play-in tournament because I think that, like, outside of making basketball matter, outside of games in April mattering to teams, I think it's really important for young teams that might not make the playoffs, someone like the Grizzlies last year. Play meaningful games towards the end of the year because now you guys have experience that you might not have had heading into must-win playoff games. Because of course you guys made the playoffs in the end, but also had to play really meaningful basketball in the play-in. What are your thoughts on something like that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, two years ago we were out—not last season, but the season before—we also were in the play-in and right. I forgot that it's in the bubble. No, the bubble like didn't yeah. happen. It was it was a blur for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, we lost. I'm like. I always struggle. I want to say we, but I'm like they and my professional. Grizzlies lost to the Blazers in the play-in. And you know what? We got that experience. And I think that's what allowed us to come out next year and beat the Warriors. I mean the Spurs and the Warriors. Um, it's really cool. I think it's a great opportunity for these teams that aren't necessarily maybe ready, like the Hornets, um, RIP one day <laughs> to yeah, have that high-intensity games and Get that experience i i also just think it's so fun and i think it does give the nba that march madness element that a lot of people want but it's not like too aggressive there are certainly disadvantages i think for teams that are playing those like you mentioned before we were talking you know they can't study their opponent but i think another thing is that like the timberwolves i mean you saw them like shimming on the tables dancing crying which like good for them i'm not going to say you're hating but They just got off that high, you know, like we haven't played in a minute. So I think coming up, that could be a thing, you know, like, oh, they just played. We're not in rhythm. And I think a lot of coaches in the NBA are struggling with that. Like, what do we do with our teams for this extra time off? We're not just jumping into the playoffs. So. Yeah. Back to your point. I do think no, the the rest versus rhythm is a really interesting
0: debate, especially with a younger team like the Grizzlies that maybe not don't need the rest. Like a team like the Heat that are older, yeah. they could use the full week. Exactly. But a team like the Grizzlies, it might just be a little bit more rust for, for a younger team there. I got to ask you, how can the
1: Grizzlies come out and win this series? How are the Grizzlies going to come? I mean, how are the Timberwolves going <laughs> to win this <laughs> I respect listen, it. Listen, uh, the Grizzlies are, you know, I think a lot of people including myself and Grizzlies fans are guilty of it of being like, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, you know, this, that, but it's like, they're the two seed for a reason. You know what I mean? It's not some fluke. It wasn't just, oh, before the all-star break, they were really good. And like, like consistently throughout the season, the Grizzlies won a lot of games. One it with and four
0: without, without John Morant, which
1: is just a wild stat on its own. Right. And you know what? Just going off a tangent on that, you will hear people saying, you know, it's stupid. I mean, no one genuinely believes this, but are the Grizzlies better without Ja? And like, I think that time without jaw allows him to study and see, okay, these are some things that are working, you know, maybe not every time the whole play has to be me driving the basket. I can also distribute it out. I think it allows him to see, you know, what works. And he said that in our last win with him, he said that post game, he said, I was really, you know, studying what happened, but
0: I think just to build on what you said, not only that, which I think is is a great point, but when the Raptors were what, seventeen and five or nineteen and five, something like that, without Kawhi Leonard. What that allowed was Pascal Siakam to take that next step and learn mm-hmm. how to fit in that role, and I think that that's what's really necessary for this young Grizzlies team. Is like if you take Jaw out, there you go. That's Desmond Bain taking a step up. Right. That's like everyone on the roster taking that extra step up, which allows them reps that they would not have had if Jaw was there. But in a playoff scenario, you need to have the best guy, okay. and you need to have Jaw when the game slows down and you need a bucket of Jaw. And to your point, you mentioned it there with. Not having all five guys, I think missing Dylan Brooks in all of those matchups, and that's something that I uh, talked about before. Is I think that I think that's a, a really sort of underrated piece because going through this, D'Lo has been phenomenal against the Memphis Grizzlies. He has averaged over 30 points in every single game but one, and the one game that he did, he had 28 points, a 9-of-15 shooting. He was still amazing. So yeah. having someone to stick on him, having someone to to slow him down, I think is it could be a really big difference maker. So how Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, is played and in, 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 you know, healthy out there, I think that that really does
1: change the outlook for both Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Would you agree with that? Oh, A (laughs) hundred percent. Literally like Dylan Brooks is, I'd say one of the, if not the best perimeter wing one-on-one defenders in the league. Um, He's incredible. He brings this intensity that, you know, the Grizzlies miss when he's not there. I think that his addition is huge. I also think, you know, you bring up who's going to defend who. And I think that's a really interesting Mm. thing to look at going in and that will play a big part. And I was thinking about this a lot the last few days because, I mean, I'm thinking about the Clippers. I'm like, it's going to be them. It's going to be the Timberwolves. But I think that's interesting because Dylan is so great. But then you have someone like Anthony Edwards Mm -hmm. and then you have D'Lo. So it's like, what do we do there? I am thinking maybe Desmond will be on D'Lo. Okay. Maybe. And I think that... Melton is someone that also can make a big impact in that way because he can come off the bench and guard these guys. He's yeah. a phenomenal defender, and that goes to the Grizzlies' depth. But yeah, so you you got Ja, Pat Bev, because you know ja is who we're going to stick on the guy who's not one of the three huge offensive threats. And Pat Bev will love to have the opportunity to do that on the other end to <laughs> get Jaw there yeah. as well. It's so funny how Pat Bev has become this like face of the series when he's just like not going to be like one of the. Important I characters.
0: completely forgot that he was a grizzly at one point this season at the beginning the very beginning of it. And you guys just dashed him away like he was nothing and he's out for blood. What do we think about that? Is he going to come out and get blood? Is he going to he's on a revenge tour right now. First, the Clippers next the Grizzlies. What are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: man i mean pat bev is pat bev i don't love the idea of him within a five foot radius of my point guard i'm like uh, don't don't mess with that but i'm not i'm not worried about him the grizzlies i think we have proven that the talk doesn't bother us it would only fuel us he'll try to get into their heads but i mean the thing about this grizzlies team is like brevin knight always says it um He's like, they're really a young veteran team. They play like a young veteran team, which I think is a really good point. They most of them have been together for like three years now, except for Bain, who it's been like two years. I mean, really, most of the key guys have been together for three years and they play like it. So I think Pat Bev is going to try to, you know, do his thing. And I think it's going to make the series fun. So, like, I'm all here for it. We love to talk our talk, he loves to talk his talk. At the end of the day he's not he's we can't be distracted by him because he's not who we need to worry about as much but okay, if he's trying to win the series that might be better for the it might be better for the group he's right there yeah no literally i'm like yeah like keep going do your thing um but yeah i think that also jared the the cat thing Thing. <laughs> the cat the cat thing with the it. fact that we're like what 15 minutes into this and we
0: haven't even mentioned Carl any anytime right the
1: right the cat thing um who you know notably did not shine in the play-in game and you saw literally I said as soon as he got fouled out I was like they're gonna win now because he was not he was not productive and sometimes that's what you need um but yeah I mean he's not going to play the way he played in that play-in typically so I think that could be an interesting defensive sort of problem that we'll need to figure out just because we've got Steven. I always want to say JV. It's like bad. I'm always like, we've got Jamie. I miss him too. I miss him too. We miss you, JV. We love him, but like Steven Adams is awesome. it was was phenomenal. Brilliant. Um, you know, you've got Steven Adams, but Kat can shoot from anywhere and he wants to shoot from anywhere. And Steven Adams is not someone who you're going to have running around the court. So With you might try to switch Jaron on him, um, which could cause problems because Jaron is prone to foul trouble. So I think that I'll give that. Sorry, my thoughts are kind of disorganized. I'm like like that, I think that's how playoff, like that's the best when we're talking about playoff basketball. You're just sort of
0: thinking about all the different things that can go wrong as soon as you try to solve one problem.
1: This is also the first, I like, I didn't see her notes for what I'm talking about. So I'm like sitting here, you're like processing it all as I say it. But, but yeah, yeah I think, fantastic. I think these are all interesting things to note, but yeah, ask me another question so I can stay on track.
0: Who is your X factor in this series? Who needs to show up in order for,
1: for things to go right for the Grizzlies? I think we already kind of talked about that because I think Dylan is really an X factor because the season series was tied. Um, And, you know, in the games that the Grizzlies lost, honestly, when Taylor Jenkins answered a question about it, he said they didn't have the same energy and they didn't. So it really didn't feel like we were as locked in um, to those games. But I think that Dylan, the addition of him is really going to be key. And I think Anthony Edwards is going to be the biggest threat or difference maker to the outcome. Because, um, you know, we've seen – he's freaking fantastic. Like, I'm such a fan. He's, he's everything. Um, but he's not yet at the level where he's going to do that every game. So Ja, last season, I think – in the play-in and in the jazz series, even though we didn't win, I mean, he sort of cemented his superstardom. You, he stepped up to the plate. He had those moments. And I think if Anthony Edwards does that, because he's close, he's sort of in that spot jaw was, then we will have some problems. And I think that is really the only way the Timberwolves will win this series is if And is just like, all right, this is my team. I'm going to come out here every night and produce on the same level. Um, I think that's their X factor. And I'd say ours is our depth, Um, not just Dylan, the addition of him, but our depth. I mean, we've got we've really got like one of the deepest teams in the league. Oh, without a
0: doubt. You guys might have the deepest. Yeah.
1: Whenever I say deepest, people are like, "Eh," but I mean, in my opinion, I think so. I mean, you guys just have so many guys, it feels like. Um, But also
0: maybe I'm just. I keep coming back to this series is like, these are two teams that very much feel like the future of the Western conference. To me, these are two teams that I think we're going to see time and time again in the playoffs. And this feels like maybe one matchup of many. So I'm really excited to see what both of you guys have. Uh, Can I get your prediction?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to like cheat on this question. My prediction. I think the Timberwolves could steal one at home. I think if they do, it'll be the first game. So, cause I've thought about this um, and then it'll go to six. So I think they'll steal one. We'll go steal one there and then we'll finish it in Memphis um, or wait, whatever. But
0: <laughs> if yeah, no, finish it. Oh, finish it there. Cause if it's in six, you're going yeah, yeah, to yeah, it on. Yeah. Okay.
1: But I think it could, if the Grizzlies get both, cause I just, I just comes down to, I can look at each game one by one, but when it comes down to it, I have a hard time seeing the Timberwolves winning four games against us. I really do. I think that we are just a better team right now. We're more developed. We have more depth. We have these guys, you know, who have not been like, playing together. Further along in the process, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so I'll say five or six. Um, I'll go with six, though. Six, six games. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this big one. Big. I'm, I think like for, I was just
0: saying this, if you're just a basketball fan looking for great basketball, this is a series to watch. These are just two young teams that like to get out and run and yeah. it'll be a high scoring affair. It'll be really fun. And I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, you thank do. you so much. Thank you for joining us. Can't wait to have you on in the off season to talk yeah. more basketball or in the second round. Um, or maybe if the conference finals, how far are we thinking the Grizzlies go? Where are we going with this? No, I'm not going to change anything. My lips are sealed. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Molly. Yeah, of course. Okay. Hello and welcome to a very special continued playoff edition of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman and I am joined by David Naylor. Uh, hello. How are you?
2: I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. And I get to the the once in a lifetime-ish opportunity to talk about Minnesota Timberwolves vet playoff basketball. How could I pass that up, right?
0: <laughs> this is so fun. Like I, I'm genuinely excited for the Minnesota Timberwolves because like a fan base that has been through the most. I was talking to Jazz, I was talking to doing a Jazz preview the other day and I'm like, oh, Jazz fans have been through a lot. Like, I really want some good for them. And I'm like, they've been in the playoffs every single year. The fan base that I should be sad for, the Timberwolves and the Kings. And Kings, we haven't forgotten about you soon, soon.
2: <laughs> our, our, our brothers in sadness are brothers of the... 2003-2004 Western Conference semifinals. We were both there, and it hasn't been great since.
0: <laughs> no, it really hasn't. But there are a lot of bright spots on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I want to I talk about them. One of my favorite players in basketball right now is Anthony Edwards. He is just so fun. You guys definitely have a young superstar in your hands there. But I can't forget Karl-Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, who's having a stellar year as well. Uh, what can you tell us about your your top three young guys?
2: So the I think the play in game is going to be very important for Anthony Edwards national profile, because it's I, I forget the exact uh, phrase he tweeted after the game, but it's the when the lights go up, I, I step up or whatever he phrased it it's he gets up for the biggest games on the biggest stage. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to see him in a playoff setting in a playoff atmosphere, particularly after seeing how well he played in the play-in game, because even after a rough start shooting the ball, after a rough start getting going, he carried the wolves for large portions of that basketball game. And was the reason one of the main reasons why they won. And obviously a bad game for Carl Towns, which we'll get to, but Anthony, he's, he's an amazing for he's 20 years old I and he's doing this on this stage. And for, for some of the evaluations people had about him going into the league, somebody, somebody quote tweeted a tweet of mine from draft evaluation two years ago, where I was like, I'm scared of this pick because I have Andrew Wiggins itis and I don't like it. And I am so, so happy to have been wrong about that. I it's, he is nothing like that. He's, driven to win. And he's like, the, the sky is the limit for what his growth potential could be. I mean, you see all the long-term stats. Like he, I think he has the fourth most points of any player before turning to the age of 21 only behind LeBron Carmelo and Kobe or something like something ridiculous like that. He's yeah. just, he's an unbelievable talent with the sky high ceiling. The thing that people should watch for most with his game. I hope he guards Ja. I think he will, um you we saw him spend decent chunks of that Clippers game on Paul George and I think his he's one of those players that he wants that big individual assignment on defense as much as he wants to go out and get it and he's a huge part of why the Timberwolves have been a decent defensive team this year for the first time in about a decade
0: okay so I I was gonna ask about that because I was going through the numbers just to prep for this and job had had one good game against the grizzlies so so basically the series is split 2-2 both teams winning both of the home games but going through the numbers something that i was really surprised by is just Carl, like, uh, sorry, um, John Morant's numbers against you guys. I think he, his true shooting is 45% this year against the Timberwolves. Um, and it seems like you guys are forcing a lot of threes out of him, which is not something that you would expect. He's not getting to the basket in the same way that he is against other teams, and you guys are forcing the other guys to beat you. That seems to be the recipe here. Um, and it's worked twice, but it hasn't worked twice. And that's, I, I didn't, I thought going into this. I was picking the Grizz easily, but I've been swayed the more I actually take a look into these numbers here. What can you tell me about how the Timberwolves can beat this this Grizzlies team?
2: So so for someone with no sources at all, the Wolves wanted this matchup because they know they can beat Memphis, and they know that this is a matchup that has worked well for them already this season. They actually probably should have won three of the games in this series this season and won the season series. They had an 11-point lead in the at the end of the third quarter in the first game this year, the one that went to Mm -hmm. overtime in Memphis and ended up losing the lead in the fourth quarter and losing in overtime. But they, like, legitimately, they probably should have won that game and did not. And then they got the two wins. They got at Target Center, including Memphis's worst defeat of the season. It was early in the season, but that was a – I think they ended up winning that game by 43 points, and it was never close and just absolutely destroyed them. And then the, the last two games were both classic, highly competitive games. Uh, these teams don't like each other. That has been very, very clear from the jump that it's just – I think Pat Pat Bev, who we haven't talked about yet, has been tweeting some tweeting <laughs> some stats after <laughs> all these game. games. His tweets after Memphis games are exceptional because yeah. they, they want this. And that's part of the job problem is, like, you can throw – Patrick Beverly at John Morant, you can throw Anthony Edwards at John Morant. You can mix up all kinds of defensive coverages on him. But you're right, they've gotten beat. The the second game in Memphis that they lost, they got primarily beat by John Conchar off of Memphis' bench going off for 15 and 17 out of nowhere. And that's like why they lost that game. They lost to Memphis's depth rather than any of their big star players. So I let it's the Wolves have been in all four games they've played this year. They won two of them. They probably should have won three. And you like from the pure matchup thing, the Clippers were the wolves devil all year. The Clippers destroyed the wolves in every game they played except for one this year after Paul George got hurt. But I like Memphis is a winnable matchup based on everything we've seen this year. It feels like they match up pretty well. And I'm excited to see how it, how they, they match up in a playoff setting because obviously you're not giving up too much on the playoff experience side of things in this series where you might be against another team and you were against the Clippers.
0: Right. No. And going through the numbers as well, something else uh, we haven't really talked too much about him is Delo. And I, I was looking at it. Delo has either 30, like, scored over 30 in each of the matchups except for one where he had 28 on 9 to 15 shooting which is like okay (laughs) Uh, and I I don't believe Dylan Brooks played uh, in any of those matchups for the Grizzlies and I'm imagining he's going to take that D'Lo assignment there to probably neutralize him Um, but but Ant is that the one who is is that who we're looking at it's stepping up here or is it going to be Kat because you mentioned it the Clippers terrible matchup For the um, Timberwolves, and I imagine a lot of that is the work that they're able to do on Cat, and we saw that in the play-in game. Am I correct in assuming that?
2: It's the the Clippers in the first game they played this year against the Timberwolves kind of showed the blueprint for how to make Cat uncomfortable and get under his skin and throw him out of his rhythm. Ibiza Zubats has always done an excellent job on him defensively and the Clippers swarming him, doubling him at the catch the whole time. That was the formula for throwing him off because Cat had a really bad game, but the Clippers also threw everything they had at making him have a bad game, arguably to their detriment as Edwards and... Uh, Russell got going from the from the outside. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see both how Memphis decides to attack Towns and how Carl responds to having arguably the worst game of his career on the biggest stage. Because he's played badly. The Houston series where the Timberwolves were tremendously outmatched in 2018, Towns mm-hmm. played horribly the whole time. And Clint Capella gave him fits for like his first four years in the league. That was part of the game is that the Rockets had a guy who would get under his skin and do that. He's played well against Memphis this year. And this isn't a matchup where if the Wolves had lost the seven seed game, dropped to eight and played against Phoenix. Ayton has given Carl Towns problems in the past. I'm not as scared of JJJ. Maybe I should be, but I think Carl can, Carl can find openings here.
0: I'm interested in that I want to okay so let's let's pivot to how can the Grizzlies exploit the Timberwolves in this matchup and actually win this series is it by neutralizing Karl-Anthony Towns is that the one way they'll need to do it you're right it is a kind of a pick your poison thing and we've got a bunch of young guys who've never been on this stage but also flip to the Grizzlies lots of young guys that haven't been on this stage either so the inexperience level is pretty much the same across the board so what 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 are you what are your thoughts on how the Grizzlies can win this series?
2: Well, you you saw what it's going to look like. It's be physical with yeah. Carl, cl- clog up his passing lanes, double him quickly, and try to make him uncomfortable so that he can't choose his play. Because the Timberwolves are at his at their best when Towns not a, not necessarily is individually dominating, but is controlling the speed of play. Now he's not Nikola Jokic, but. He's an excellent passer in his own right. He's a great offensive rebounder, which we saw as how he got himself going in the third quarter of the Clippers game, was finding those offensive boards, getting himself to the foul line. He's an 85% free throw shooter among everything else he does. So if he can draw fouls and create contact without offensive fouls, then he's he can be the efficient player that all of the numbers say he is the likely second or third team All-NBA player that we know he is. But there's a blueprint out there for how to throw him off of his game, both physically and then mentally, because he's not shown the most signs of mental resilience on the basketball court the whole season long. He complains to refs. He gets teed up. He gets bad offensive foul calls when he's in his head. And it was really obvious that he was just pressing too much in the game against the Clippers. So if you're Memphis, why would you not look to exploit the Timberwolves statistical best player taking himself out of the series? Because yeah, they won one game without him. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games without him.
0: Uh, That's very fair. And you mentioned the offensive rebound battle. I think that's going to be a really interesting one because both of these teams are very dominant on the offensive glass. Both of these teams like to run. There's going to be, like, guys, if you're looking for a fun, young matchup, watch Timberwolves-Grizzlies. This is going to be so such exciting basketball when you get teams that can run like this, when you get young stars. I cannot wait for this series. And I have to ask you, who is your X factor for the Timberwolves here?
2: It's Carl. It it absolutely is Carl. I might not have said that two days ago. But after how he looked on Tuesday, it's Carl. He has to be better. He has to stay on the floor and he has to figure out how he's going to deal with playing in a playoff atmosphere, being refereed in a playoff atmosphere and being even more the center of teams defensive game plan than he was during the regular season, because teams and teams were coming to double on the catch often during the regular season, no matter how dominant he was. So teams are game planning specifically to stop him to get in his head and do that. And regardless of how good DLO was in bringing the Tim rolls back from the deficit in the second quarter of that game, regardless of how good Ant was bringing them home, regardless of the big shots, that Pat Bev and Malik Beasley hit, it's cat. It's all about cat. He has to figure out how to be the player that he is in the playoffs or the Wolves are never going to go very far.
0: No, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. And, and you know, we're Raptor fans over here at Dishes and Dimes. So I have to ask you, you have someone from the Nick Nurse coaching tree. I like to say it's one in one. Nate Bjorkman. Maybe an L for the Nick Nurse coaching change, but it feels yes. like Chris. It feels like Chris Finch is a W here, uh, a huge win. As a Timberwolves fan, what can you tell us about what Chris Finch has done for the team this season?
2: If you have any questions about how Tim, uh, how Chris Finch has received, watch his post-game media availability after the game on Tuesday night. Pat Bev coming in screaming coach of the year. <laughs> and his guys ride for him. The The thing that has set this Timberwolves team apart from the 2017 18 team and so many teams of the last 15 years is they are a team. They play like a team. They are a brotherhood and they like pick any sports cliche you want to say about them. They're, they're like living it out. The I, I've said to a friend of mine in the Timberwolves Twitter sphere that it's, it's been, the teams had good vibes. Like that's just, they, They get along together. They're clearly a very close knit group of guys. Very
0: different than the 2018 playoff team. Right? (laughs)
2: Together, obviously, during that season, regardless of whether they made the playoffs, and it was a miserable experience to watch. It's great. (laughs)
0: Love it. It's been such a sad time, but the, these are great vibes, and we see that they're great vibes because of the Patrick release celebration. I can't let you leave without talking about it. He's now been fined thirty thousand dollars for those comments.
2: I just um, saw that before we started recording. That's fifty five thousand dollars in the last week going to the NBA. By the way, because he got fined after getting dumped, adding getting uh, ejected from their last game of the regular season before halftime against but, Chicago on Sunday. By the way, right,
0: right, right. So yeah, don't maybe maybe Pat Bev. Put your Twitter away during the Memphis
1: Grizzlies series. Like,
2: we uh, told you that. However, however lest we forget, um, Patrick Beverly was traded from the Grizzlies to the Timberwolves this offseason in a salary dump for Jarrett Culver and and uh, Juancho and Gomez. So... Pat Bev has his anger at the Clippers organization, obviously because he spent a lot of time there, but the Grizz were another team that just dumped him and got rid of him because they didn't think he would contribute to their plan. Now, would he have played many minutes for Memphis in his role with all of their young guards and their young players? They're probably not. Did they need the culture change that has been highly focused around what Pat Bev has done in Minnesota? No, they don't. They've got their culture in place, but you think that's going to stop Pat Bev from holding a grudge? (laughs) Have you met him? Do you know? (laughs) So no, PetBet's going to take this whole series just as personally, and it's going to be great to watch from neutral at the very least. (laughs)
0: Uh, his antics are nothing if not fun. Uh, and I'm sure Timberwolves fans were celebrating along with him. I don't like the, I, I love the the memes, you know, like the guy standing on the podium celebrating popping champagne and you like zoom out and you see that he's like in third place or something. I like the jokes. I appreciate the fun, but I'm so happy for Timberwolves fans. And I'm assuming so he's celebrating.
2: One thing real quick on the podium celebration. Yeah. A thing that I found interesting that Papev specifically mentioned in his, he posted on IG after the game, not the one where he He was cussing out the Clippers or whatever. He wore an old Wolves Kevin Garnett jersey at in in a picture he put up. And one of the most iconic moments in Timberwolves history is Kevin Garnett jumping up on a table and throwing powder in the air. Right. That best like KG was my idol. For part of the time growing up As a like a defensively focused basketball player And that resonates With people here because Kevin Garnett Is everything to several fans Regardless of whether or not he should be So for Pat Bev has Demonstrated that he gets This for a guy that got here in September He gets this team He gets the Twin Cities He gets the fan base and that's Like everybody's ride or die For him at this point because he gets it Like that's what it is
0: I love this. I'm I'm really excited for Tim Timberwolves fans. I'm really excited for what the series can be. Can I get your final prediction before I let you leave?
2: Wolves and seven, baby. We're riding with it. All right, <laughs>
0: let's go. Wolves and, and
2: seven. Go, go watch these games. It's uh, I- Iman talked about the um, pace of the the two games. The Wolves are the highest pace team in the entire league, and the Grizzlies are fourth. Screw the playoff thing about the pace dropping. and this is, this is not going to go slow. <laughs>
0: this is going to be fun. This is going to be really, really fun basketball. And you know what? I'm really excited for the Timberwolves because you guys have your young stars in place. I think you guys have the coach for forever. Like that obviously is a big deal, uh, considering the history that you guys have there. Um, and it just seems like your organization is, is trending upwards. And is, it's not the blimp that maybe that Jimmy Butler team kind of felt like at the time. Uh, So congratulations. Shouts forever
2: to Nick Nurse and the Nick Nurse coaching tree. Nick Nurse from Carroll, Iowa, Iowa, baby, Iowa, baby. We have players in the NBA, even though we don't matter. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me and tell everybody where they can find all of your stuff.
2: So I actually write primarily about soccer these days, but I uh, do most of my basketball writing these days on, my, on a medium site that you can find on my Twitter handle. My Twitter is at Prof Cedar. Um, I write soccer for Minnesota United, the MLS team in, in Minnesota. I write basketball on the free time. I do podcasts left, right, and center about everything you can imagine. So come come through the Twitter account, hang out. It's a good time.
0: All right, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you everybody for listening.